Hi, everybody. This is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and it's a privilege to have with us Coach Tion. Welcome to our veteran stories. How are we doing, everybody? How are we doing, Craig? Great to have you here. I'd love for you to share with us. What was your motivation for joining the military originally? Well, it's a long story, but I'll see if I can somewhat can this a little bit for you. It all started when I was in high school. Uh, I decided to join the JLTC program. And one day on lunch, I, I literally was walking to the ROTC program. And uh, I saw some guys in the, in the parade field, we would call it, having a rifle in their hand, throwing it up in the air, tossing around their back, and just twirling it all in their hands. I was like, that sounds interesting. So I went over and I talked to them a little bit. I said, so how do I become a member of the drill team? And they, they told me all the ins and outs of how to do it. And that I would have to stay at the school in order to get the training and practice. And also had to practice doing lunch, like how they do as well. I said, okay, I think that's something I want to do. So I decided then to go ahead and join the JRC program, which was the foundation that set me up with the army values and about leadership and what uh, it takes to become a soldier. And from there, I became part of the drill team, and I loved it so much. I said, I was, you know what? I think I want to join the military now. So a National Guard uh, recruiter came to the high school, and I was like, so how do I become a soldier in the Army National Guard? And they gave me all the details and everything. And as a junior in high school, I was able to enlist in the Army National Guard, South Carolina Army National Guard, and that's when everything started. And But the, the, the motivating factor that that one but that made me wanted to do is because a lot of people in my early age told me that I would not be able to join the military or I would not be able to do certain things because of my deficiencies that I had. I was bow legged, pigeon toe, knock me, flat footed, <laughs> squeaky balls. I mean I had all the odds against me, right? But a little bit of hope inside of me said that I can do it. And my goal mm. was to prove them wrong and also to prove myself that I have the potential to do great things in the armed force. So that's why I did it. And it's been 17 plus great years and I love every bit of it. Wow, that's fantastic. So from wanting to join the drill team to signing up and serving, tell us about some of your experiences over this last 17 years. Uh, it was great. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I first enlisted and then uh, I learned a lot about being on the enlisting side and, and that you are the one that do all the work, right? You are the one that takes the action, the task at hand, the mission, and mm. you execute the mission, right? But uh, when I came back from AIT and a recruiter from the RTD Department of South Carolina State University called me up and said, hey, I want you to come to an orientation to see if you are a good fit to become an officer in the armed force. Mm. And I was like, I don't know. I, my goal was not to go into military. I want to become a drill sergeant and that's it. Then they came back and said, well, you probably can uh, make some money while you go to school and get you a degree. I was like, okay, you got me sold. <laughs> when do I report? <laughs> right. So I came to the orientation and uh, I love everything that, that they were sharing with me and how I can become more of a leader and also to learn more about myself as well. So I decided to go ahead and sign that dollar line to become a commission officer in the armed force. And I was SMP for about two to three years under the RCD program under uh, the Bulldog Battalion, matter of fact, South Carolina State University. And I just started my career path as an officer. And when I first 
became an officer. I was like, I know everything. I got this. You can't tell me nothing. Well, <laughs> that was the wrong attitude to have because I had some very strong NCOs that picked me in my place immediately and I said, hey, hey, sir, we know that you've been enlisted, but things change when you become an officer. So this is how we do things here, <laughs> right? So I had to learn to be able to not, not give myself away, but also to just be able to connect the dots and work together as a team to be in order to uh, execute our missions and execute the task that's been given to us by hire. And with that philosophy, I continue, I continue to carry that on in every rank that I went into the, in the armed force, even when I became a commander of a unit. I made sure that my NCOs was involved with everything that I was doing and that they had a buy-in, the mission. So that way, when it's time for the soldiers to execute, guess what? They were executed because they were a part of the plan, right? Nice. So I learned uh, the very short end that uh, leadership, there's different types of leadership philosophies, different types of leadership styles. And one of the ones that I have is I'm able to bring everybody on board and we work as a team for the overall mission. Because when you do that, you will have a greater turnout um, throughout the force or throughout your company or throughout your business, whatever the case would be because you have that mindset that everyone is part of the team and everyone want to see the success at the end of the road. Hmm. Just really interested to hear if you, if you and your team have traveled or had a deployment or been involved in a response stateside. Oh yes. National Guard, you have it all the time. <laughs> I was deployed one time to Kuwait uh, for a short span of time. Uh, and that's why I learned a lot about, managing information and managing to make sure that everyone have the right information on the bottom level and up level. And sometimes mm -hmm. information get, get lost, but if you do it the right way and you, and you pass it down the right chain of command, the lowest man, the lowest soldier will, will know what's going on. And when the lowest soldier know what's going on, it helps everybody out. But at the same time, making sure that your higher up know what's going on as well. So that way everyone know who's over here, who's over there, who's going next, who's going, who already went, right? So managing that information was a big part of trying to centralize it in one hub, in one spot, and then pushing it out to everything. So from there, I learned a lot about that. And then I came back and started doing that with my state uh, and being able to create some programs within my state because of that, of that experience. Uh, I have done, I travel all over the United States doing different mission sets. But the one that I really love is being able to serve my state, to serve my community during disasters, during hurricane season, doing mm. uh, flooding, doing things of that nature, because the community see you in action and they respect that because they now know that you not only serve the armed force, but you serve the community. And I think that's that's what really helps us out here in my state is because we really serve our community when we have those up times and those down times. We are always there and we are always present for our people, mm. for our citizens. Give us an example of one of those emergency responses that you've done stateside. All right. Now, start with the one where I was uh, uh, being shot by the fire uh, because I was just came a uh, I just came the officer supply um, guy for my for my unit, and it was the the one thousand year flood here in South Carolina. And we had to come on board and be able to serve our community and help out our citizens that was going through some disasters or going through the flooding in 
in that period. And I had to make a decision, okay, how do I serve not only my soldiers, but how can we help our citizens as well? And I had to bring in all of my supply soldiers and say, okay, what assets do you have in your area? What do you need? How do we get more funding? Or how do we get more supply in order to support our soldiers in order for them to be able to execute the task, to execute the mission? And we was able to create some things, reach out to some other um, counterparts that were able to give us some information. And we were able to provide that information uh, for all the, the units within our area, within our area of responsibility. Um, and then being able to execute that with precision and with excellency. Uh, now, do, you, was it, sorry, do you mean supplying food and so was supplying, yeah, it, uh, Just uh, supplying the main needs of uh, if there was water, people needed water, if they needed sandbags, okay. uh, if, the, if they needed a place to lay down, we make sure that we had somewhere uh, either provide them information about a shelter or for the soldiers, what armory or uh, what unit you will go to to be able to lay your head down at night, uh, who will be fed, how they will be fed, uh, who will provide the meals, those type of things. Those are type of logistical type parts of the mission. Was it the um, the initial emergency response or did you stay with your team for the recovery stage afterwards as well? All of the above. When it, Before it started, while it was going on and after <laughs> everything started calming down. So I was there for the long haul because I know that I needed to be there and support okay. uh, not only my soldiers, but also support um, my community as well. So how long were you on that that local deployment? That local deployment probably was, uh, I think it lasted for like two to three months, maybe four. Uh, it's it's okay. been about, hmm. uh, it's been about what, three to four years, I believe, uh, since that happened. Um, but Ever since then, we were having uh, missions almost every year because of the saturated water on the ground here mm. and also all things that will be going on with hurricanes and tornadoes and major rainstorms or even doing the ice storm as well. So it's, it's mm. a lot of things been going on. For But for the past two or three years, it all calmed down because COVID-19 came to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, other than that, um, yeah, everything... Um, what what we do uh, in the National Guard, I love it. That's why I'm still here. That's why I still serve because it is a love and it's a passion and mm. it's an honor to be able to serve uh, the people of the, of the United States. Is it a full-time gig? Uh, it's not. Uh, well, for me, for National Guard, it's part-time. Um, part-time, I mean, one weekend out of the month and two weekends out of the year. Uh, but there's also time for orders or missions they could go on as well so mm. it all depends on uh where you are if you don't have a civilian life then you can find out ways on how to get on orders and be able to serve on a higher level as well depending on what the mission set is during that time but mm. for me i do uh, a little bit of both um i do my civilian life i do have a multiple businesses that i i run to as well and the good thing about having your own business that not only can i serve my community and serve uh the armed force but i also can build on my my businesses as well because that's on my own time right mm -hmm. so i just love the ability the flexibility that you have with being a national guard soldier because it gives you the, the opportunity to really not only serve one passion but you can serve multiple passion all at one time you mentioned you learn, you've learned leadership, you've learned um, training a team, you've learned um, information flow, managing information, and you've, 
you know, you've been overseas to Kuwait and you've been serving in the States as well with emergencies. I understand that you've got your your leadership and coaching um, business that you have as well. Tell us about that. Yes. So that all that started when I became commander of a unit and I realized that I needed some more leadership uh, ways, more leadership skills uh, under my mm -hmm. belt. So that's when I started searching around on a, a amazing team or organization that provided leadership philosophies or leadership skills that I was looking for. And I came across John Maxwell and I started following John Maxwell for some years. And then in 2017 is when I decided, well, 2016, December of 2016 is when I decided to join the John Maxwell team. Now the Maxwell leadership team um, where they were able to pouring to me what I needed, what I was lacking. And that was more leadership skills or more leadership uh, ideals or concepts that I can mm. apply daily uh, mm. with life application, right? Uh, in order to not only help myself, but help people that are around me. So that's when I joined. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, is there a synergy between the, the training that you received with John Maxwell and the training yes. you've had in the military? It is, it is, because it's almost somewhat of the same concept in a sense. But uh, John Maxwell, you know, John Maxwell is the leadership guru of the world. And uh, he had uh, one of the, the biggest mega churches uh, when he was a pastor. And now he has one of the biggest, well, the biggest leadership organization in the world, right? So hmm. he provide years and years of experience and not only just regular experience, but evaluated experience that he's mm -hmm. able to write hundreds of books. And then now as a member of the Maxwell Leadership Organization, I'm able to take those trainings, those concepts, those techniques and apply them and also provide trainings and coaching and webinars and, and workshops on these philosophies. And mm -hmm. Not only am I able to do that, but I'm able to study it myself, learn it myself, and also apply it in my own life. Because you can't teach nothing if you don't apply it in your life yourself. Mm. So that's why I am a I'm an advocate of being a good steward of, of, of the craft, studying it, learning it, then applying it in my own life. Once I apply it in my life, now I find out ways of how I can teach others to do the same thing. Because everyone can, can learn leadership. Everyone can learn how to develop themselves. You just might need the right person to teach you that or the right person to guide you in the right direction, right? So that's one of the things that I do. I look for mentors or coaches that I can just sit down at and listen to and soak in their information like a sponge and then find out ways of how I can apply that to my life. And once I apply that to my life, now, who can I give this to? Because John Maxwell said this: mm. You want us to be a river and not a reservoir, right? Nice. You gotta, you gotta be able to share the information. Once you learn it, share it. So mm. uh, I just, I just love the ability to be able to just get on a call with a coach any day of the week if I need to, being able to email my coach anytime within the uh, Maxwell Leadership Program or the Maxwell Leadership Team, and they can feed into me what I need at that moment that I can come back. And start applying that immediately, right? Mm -hmm. So it just, I, I am very thankful for the Maxwell leadership team because it has grown me tremendously. Uh, I would not be this guy that you see in front of you right now, 
two, three years ago because I wasn't there. I, I thought I was, but I was nowhere there, <laughs> right? So it, over time and over just going to seminars and trainings and having mentors on my side that was guiding me in the right direction, helped me to become the person that I am today. So tell us what you do when you're, who you work with and, and what you focus on with them when you're, when you're doing your coaching business. Sure. So one of the big things that I love is purpose. Everyone have purpose. Uh, I'm a spiritual guy. Um, that's my foundation. And it says that without vision, the people will perish, right? So, and that's your purpose. Why are you here? There are two important things of everyone's life. And that is the day you was born and the day you find out why. Now, why is your purpose? So mm. I, I teach a lot and I speak on purpose, how to find your purpose, how to formulate your purpose, and then mm -hmm. how to really live in your purpose, right? Everyone may have a purpose, but does everyone live in their purpose, right? Do they know mm. how to? So that's the thing that I do. I help out with that. I help out with setting goals and how to reflect over your experience and then how to take the things that you need out of that experience and continue to apply it over and over and over again, right? That's how you remain on your peak, uh, your peak level, because you have peaks and you have valleys. Uh, some of us find ourselves in valleys and we get in that rut. I've been there. I know how I feel. It sucks. <laughs> but when you're in that valley, uh, you got to find out what is the thing that you need in order to, what is the thing that you need to learn in order to get yourself back onto that peak again? And once you get to that peak, how do you stay there? So that's one of the things that I help out with people, how to remain on your peak on a longer time in order for you to create that momentum that you need in order to be the best that you can be. Because there's greatness in you, but sometimes we just need that extra push in mm. order to get there. So that's how I coach people. I coach people with that and being able to tell their story on a higher level. Um, mm. I love to say is that everyone have a story to tell. And the greatest story ever told is your story. And the best person to tell that story, guess who? That person is you. You are the person to tell your story. Nice. So why not find out how to do that and do that and be able to change someone's else's life? Because when you don't share your story, what happens is you are being selfish. And what we got to do is we got to be selfless. Share our story because your story could be the thing that someone needs to hear in order to change their life, in order to have a better life. So share your story because someone needs to hear it. Mm. You're a um, pretty high-energy person, and uh, <laughs> yes. and you've got a strong leadership sense, and you help other people develop their purpose, and you serve and you make a great difference in community. Just like everybody else, I would imagine, though, when there are competing pressures, and you've been through, you know, a long period of time of being on a deployment, being, you know, serving. It can be emotionally, can be intellectually draining, yes. even if you are a high energy person and have a strong sense of self leadership, as well of as well as leadership for others. Because, like you said, you know, we have to flow with that energy for other people. What do you do to decompress? from the stresses of competing demands and to maybe recenter yourself and get ready to go out and serve again and lead again? What's your decompression technique? It's my daily routine that I do every morning and every night. Uh, naturally, uh, I am a, a certified disc 
um, consultant. So they're the personality that I am. I am a very high C type personality. I love details. I love to read mm. everything. And with that, I am an introvert. I know you don't believe me, but I am an introvert. I love to be Come by on. myself and to myself. So when I am out in the public or when I'm doing things like this, it takes a lot of energy for me to do. Mm. So when mm. I'm done, I'm drained. <laughs> yeah. like, all my energy gets sucked up when I'm when I'm being who I am naturally. So what I do is I find time to myself to be able to reflect. I find time to meditate. I find time to just mm. decompress, relax, and then find something to do to be able to get me back energized again. Uh, reading. One of the things I love doing now, one time I didn't love reading. When I was in high school and college, I didn't read one single book. I read a summary and I write a summary to the summary. but now once i learn how that that reading is very important so Mm. one of the things that i i do to help me to gain more energy again is i read i read a book a self-help book or the bible or something in that sense that can give me more energy on really realizing what my purpose is and because i know what my purpose is one thing i always do is i remind myself of my purpose Mm. just by that reminder it gives me energy. Okay, you got to do it, Tion. You got to do it because if you don't do it, who will? So keep mm. pushing yourself, right? So just those small things. Yeah. You mentioned the word meditate, and that means many things to different people. So for yeah. you, what does meditate mean for you? Clearing your mind, relaxing your mind. You know, we think about, we think thousands and millions of things in a second, in a minute, in an hour. Our mind's always running and flowing, right? The best way to re-energize yourself is to relax your mind. So I have I have a, a app that I have. I think it's called uh, Signalization, and it's it's like mm-hmm. meditation. Uh, it gives you rhythm and tunes to help you to relax. And nice. I listen to that most of the time every night before I go to sleep to relax myself and get myself rejuvenated. Because when yeah. you are in a deeper sleep, your body will rejuvenate itself quicker. This is one method that I use to help myself. If I need help with sleeping, I, I listen to a track in, within that app or some type of motivational, or not really motivational, but some type of meditating type music to help me to be able to relax my mind, get that full sleep, and then I wake back up with a rejuvenated mm. mind. Then when I wake up in the morning, if I need to again, I will listen to that same track or a different track with meditation and just sit there in my quiet space by myself with no one around and say, I don't care about you right now. I got to worry about me because it's self-care, right? If you can't take care of yourself, then how can you take care of someone else? So Mm. you got to take care of yourself. So being in that space, in in that sense of just relaxation is what you need and just be there. Right. Yeah. And another thing on that, another thing that I do is I do visualization. Uh, mm-hmm. when I need to really meditate and really find out my, really need to refocus my mind on my purpose, I will visualize what I want in the future. And I just walk that do, and I'll be able to see this and I'll be like, oh yeah, this is why I do what I do. This is why nice. I do this. And sometimes God will give you something. Uh, he will share someone with you. Someone will send you a message or a comment on what you are doing and be like, hey man, I thank you for that post. It really helped me out. Oh, man, I thank you for this book. It really helped me out. It helped me with this aspect of my life. Oh, thank Mm. you for saying this in your live video because I really need to hear this today. Mm. 
that motivates me. It inspires me. It empowers me to keep my high energy and continue to move forward. Nice. Well, look, uh, Coach Tion, thank you very much for your time and sharing with us your story from wanting to be on the drill team to enlisting to officer to commander to Kuwait to serving, um, responding to emergencies in your state and, and your business, helping people find people find find their purpose. Really want to appreciate you, appreciate your time. Um, we've been having your URL, your website um, on the screen as you've been talking. What's another way? Is that the best way for people to reach out to you or is there another way for people to reach out? That's the best. That's one of the best ways. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Tion Singletary. At Tion Singletary is my is my uh, tag for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to email me, you can email me very easy. Bless B L E S S at TionSingletary and you can email me there. Uh, but my website is on the on the screen right now that you see on the bottom of us. That's, that's one way and you can be able to go to my contact page and then send me a message from there and I can be able to respond to you that way as well. But social media, I love being on social media. So if you are on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, go ahead and follow me, like me, uh, invite me as a friend and I sure will follow you back and I nice. will also friend you back as well. And we can be able to have con con conversations on there as well. So it's, it's, it's many ways I get in contact with me and I am a very open friendly person uh, even though i am an introvert but i love communicating i love talking with someone i love hearing their story and then also seeing how what i can learn from you and then as well what you can learn from me because this in this world we are together uh, in this universe we are together and the way how we grow is that we work together as a team because iron sharpest iron nice well thank you very much for giving us your time and thank you for your ongoing service as well there in the United States. We really appreciate you. And for those of you watching the recording on our different platforms, uh, you can see Tion's um, website address there on the screen right now. It's in the show notes. So do reach out to him and connect with him. And thank you for being with us on Veteran Stories. Appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you again. Coach Tion, please stay with us. I'd love to have a quick chat with you after we wrap up the show. So we'll see you again, everybody, on our next Veteran Stories. Mm -hmm.